This is Raptors Shootaround. It's on to the finals. A TSN 1050 playoff special. Oh, baby, what a play. The Raptors and the NBA Finals live here. Yes, guy. Ah, whatever, guy. Let's move on. Jim Taddy here until noon. Dwayne Watson, my co-host on Raptors coverage on TSN 1050 in studio. And we're here for the next two hours. And then at hour number three, Leafs Lunch will be preempted today because it's media day for the NBA Finals. And that means we'll have some live guests uh, as they speak. This is, uh, you know, people have to understand, Dwayne, this is an NBA show. It's no longer a Raptors home game. This is the big show. The league controls everything, and we follow suit. Yeah, I mean, this is... You know, I kind of equate the NBA All-Star game with the Super Bowl just because it's a one event kind of thing. Right, one and done. But this is like the NBA knows how to market their league. They know how to, like, monetize their league, and they know how to exploit the league. And and they they do a really good job of it. And you're right. It doesn't turn – this isn't Scotiabank Arena anymore, like where we've been there all season and had that access to move freely. It's an NBA show, and they have a – you know, they do it well, and they keep it very lock and key. Well, the NHL does the same thing, and and Major League Baseball does the same thing. This this is a league event, and so it doesn't matter what – building or what teams are in it's the same template wherever they go and the interesting thing is this is the first time it's ever been here so there's, yeah. a, bit, there's a bit of learnings too going on with, with with how they're how they're attacking this marketplace and it's also a different country because it's not that big of a deal but it's there's a bit of the navigation to figure out how they're gonna do it but i mean i think everyone's excited the first time it's outside of the u.s for, for the first time ever obviously there's only one canadian team left but it's exciting times. Well, it is, and, and you know sometimes you forget that the Raptors have the better record, and that's why they're hosting, and that's why if it goes seven, they have four of the seven home games. Which is so significant for the Raptors. I mean, the Warriors have never played on the road in the finals ever. They've always kind of been the best team in the league. And I think, you know, especially for this team and anyone who lives in the city in this country knows how Jurassic Park is, how Scotiabank Arena is, and how big that is. And especially, you know, they're the underdogs. So you always want to have that extra game in, in hand where you can kind of take care of business at home. It's a marvelous story. It, it did take 24 years to get here, and, and actually you probably want to tack on another two as, as things were sort of in their formative stages before it was official. There was a lot of groundwork that went on and, and sort of um, saber-rattling for who would get the franchise, and so the, you know, those stories we'll, we'll dive into. I think it's an appropriate time to go back and do a history lesson, and we have Tom Manick, uh, who was part of the Raptors front office in the PR department way back when, in the original days, and I remember talking, I met Tom through the Raptors, right and have maintained a professional friendship all these years. But Tom was the guy that we used to go to for how will they get pro, or the NBA off pro line because that was a stumbling block yeah. way back then. Yeah, gambling has kind of always been an issue for the NBA in terms of their act of being involved in that stuff. And I think, you know, ProLine was kind of doing his thing. Because don't forget, obviously, ProLine was doing his thing before the, the Raptors came to town. And then once that happened, it was a change. And now, of course, they're back on. But it took how many decades for that to happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's an interesting process. And, and actually, the uh, you know the, uh, the the way that the franchise was awarded is another story that, that's uh, worth recapping. And we'll do that over the course of uh, not just today's show, but we're, we're here for the finals. So uh, 10 to noon on TSN 1050, we'll have uh, the Raptors play covered for you with uh, breaking stories, and the show is called Raptors Shoot Around, so it's sort of... Uh, Congrats, know. by the way. Oh, thanks. This is, this, good, this, this is fun. I love... I love um, uh, Phil Ballard, one of our technical producers, or the head technical producer, was asking me about this, and I said, I love events. Right. Uh, you know, I've done a lot of the other stuff where you do those um, shows that have all kinds of elements in them, which I enjoyed when I did them, but, but at this point, I, I like the events. And especially, I think, for you, I mean, you've kind of... I mean, I have too, but you've really got to see this from day one, especially from, like... You know, from a media standpoint, from like a behind-the-scenes standpoint, watching it grow, watching the franchise grow and evolve, and obviously being back on the game broadcast for the last, you know, five years or so. So I think 
it's kind of fitting for you to kind of like you have a really good perspective on everything but kind of not as inside so it's you know your objective thank you very much i appreciate that and my throat is uh, is battling the uh, the morning duties but that's why you have me here for the first half hour yeah that's right i I know i couldn't carry the first half hour just gonna (laughs) dry out um but but it is fascinating and one of the things that i've always been interested in and and, uh, fascinated by is the construction of a franchise from ground zero and obviously we saw that with the blue jays and and their run certainly over the first 15 years was phenomenal i mean that's just that's a complete one-off uh and this is this is an intriguing story for different reasons uh but you can sort of take uh you know lessons out of where the raptors are now and apply to other professional franchises and and really the story of this team is they assembled the talent and then they had to make tough decisions because as well as they drafted and signed people they couldn't get over the speed bump which is where they are now in the NBA Finals and so when you look at what they did this year and how they rolled the dice they fired a coach of the year they they traded out some really good players and brought in some specific people and as as we go through the the Sixers series certainly and the Bucks series you saw those specific people deliver in specific situations. Yeah, it was truly an evolution. And, you know, you mentioning how, obviously, DeMar DeRozan, probably the greatest Raptor ever, was traded. You know, Coach Casey, coming off Coach of the Year, who did a solid run and got the team to where they were, was traded. And, you know, Masai Jury, Raptors president, was like, you know, we had to make a change. We couldn't keep doing the same things. And I remember when the trade went down and everyone was so surprised and disappointed and dismayed. You know, DeMar came off a great run being an all-star. And, um, but he was right. And I mean, of course, now it bears the fruit right now, but this team needed a change because they couldn't get over the hump. And I think it was kind of radical to do that in terms of firing the coach and firing, you know, trading DeMar. And you wonder, like, would this team be in the same place if they had DeMar DeRozan here or if Coach Casey was here? And I probably would have to say no. I think one thing you look at Coach, Nur- coach Nick Nurse, what he's done is his ability to adapt and change. And, you know, it was almost kind of, I don't want to say laughable, but, you know, Coach Casey was a creature of habit. And if, you know, these were his starters, these were his starters. If this is a rotation, this is a rotation. If a team is doing something, I'm going to ride it out. And I think one thing that Coach Nurse has been able to do is make adjustments. And we've seen that throughout the playoffs in terms of the moves he's made. Um, having, you know, Serge Ibaka and Marcus all play at the same time, uh, doing different things with the lineup, riding with these guys or not. So I think that ability to make adjustments has been the key. And that's kind of why Coach Nurse has had success. But, you know, Kawhi Leonard is the ultimate difference maker in terms of a player who can do so much. Like, he is now, I don't think... I mean, I followed the game for a while, and I knew Kawhi Leonard's skill set, and I was very pleased when he came to Toronto. But the player we've seen in the playoffs is a player we've never seen out of Kawhi Leonard in terms of his dominance offensively. Uh, defensively, was strong, but you know his ability to make decisions, make clutch shots. And I think that he's the best player in the playoffs, period. Yeah. Don't worry about the Warriors. Don't worry about James Harden. Don't worry about Giannis Antetokounmpo. He's the best player in the playoffs. And I think when you have the best player in the playoffs on your side, it goes a long way. You've got a chance. You definitely have a chance. Well, I, what I like about him is, and, and I think regardless of the sport, uh, when you're in the stands or watching, you want to know that at that moment you can look at that player and he will lead the way. And that's exactly what you have with Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, and I think you look at, you know, this isn't a knock on Kyle Lowry or DeMar DeRozan, no, no. but those guys were all-stars in their own right. But, you know, I think there's been moments where they've come through and made clutch plays and big plays for this team, and there's moments when they haven't been able to. And I think with Kawhi, you know that you have a guy who is going to be able to get able to get those plays and definitely be able to get that call, if that's the other thing. Well, wow, that, that's important. It's a superstar league, right? Yeah, that's and, important. And, you know, the phantom calls are going to go the way of, of the stars, and sometimes we didn't have the stars or level of respect. That's not an issue anymore. Well, one of the treats for me is to watch 
uh, either Kawhi or Gasol argue with an official because that, that legitimizes that sort of Raptors curse because if these guys are arguing, then there must be something to it. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, yeah, hopefully we don't have to argue that much anymore, but I think you're right. I think they've earned the right and respect the officials based on their plan, what they can do. And they're also not guys who are you know, barking at the ref official every time. I mean, like, you know, there's yeah. some people who are constant complainers, but it's like, hey, I'm complaining because there was a call there. And I think their play and what they do, and the other things, they can come back on the defensive end and make a play where they'll get that makeup call too because they're that solid and they're that strong. So I think having that level of pedigree, experience, veteran players in this team makes a difference for this club. I think it's a real learning experience for the fan base just because uh, fans can be possessive of their, their players, and, and mm-hmm. I, there's not, no problem with that for me. Right. But the sample size for the decisions that were made with the coach of the year and the players that were moved out was significant. I mean, it was, it was a predictable ending. And, and once you become predictable, then you erode. Yeah. And so the next step wasn't going to be good, in my opinion. Now, that doesn't mean that you, know, that you can't still like DeMar DeRozan. Of course, this guy was a major part of the community, and, and it's not uh, an indictment against him Individually, it's just, it's the fit, it's the chemistry, and so somebody has to go. Yeah, I think that's an important thing you said, how it's not an indictment on Jamar, because, of course, you know, Kawhi has done so many things, and Kawhi is the greatest Raptor ever, and all those things, and, you know, he's done phenomenal things in a short span of time. But DeMar DeRozan, it's not his fault. He's still a solid player. He's still done so much for this team, and I still think he's the first guy who deserves his his, his, uh, jersey in the Raptors. But... You know, and the irony is that Kawhi wasn't, it wasn't like this was set out like game plan. Like Kawhi just happened to become, Toronto became an option for the Raptors because when Kawhi has been obviously all of last season was on the market and right. there's different teams talked about. So they know they need to make a change, but it just worked in everything's favor. Well, timing is everything, right? Exactly. And, and so it worked out for all people, really. All sides of this deal worked out. And, and Kawhi finds himself in a situation that allows him, uh, he would probably admit that it's, uh, you know, obviously not turning his back on the Spurs, but, but this is a, an opportunity where he can actually grow a little more because he's relied on more because the system will allow that. Yeah, and I think um, he's not shy. I mean, well, he doesn't say a lot, as we all know, but I think he didn't really like how it was handled with his injury in San Antonio. And I think there's a bit of pride for him to say, hey, you know what, I'm healthy, I'm back, and I can be this type of player. And I mean, hey, if it's got to be expensive, Toronto kind of being carried to the finals for him to make his point, we'll take it. Right? Yeah, and, and of course, there, there is, I guess the, the, the fact that the NBA finals are, are here and, and cranked up, there is some interest in whether or not he returns, but it's sort of, sort of pushed to the back. I, don't think, I think we're pushing it to the back. <laughs> well, I think, I think, no, I, I mean, that's a, that's a big question. I mean, it is, but, but, <laughs> but, but, for, but it's one for later, though, honestly. It, well, it's, it's for later yeah. in the series when, when you sort of get a tip as to which way it's headed. But, right. but for now, I, I would suggest that you enjoy the moment because you've waited 24, maybe longer years, and, and the fact of the matter is it doesn't happen all the time, and anybody who lives in the city understands that. Agreed. You want to go back exactly 50 years, you're going to find it's only happened twice, and the Blue Jays, luckily enough, and God bless them for that, won both times. But, but I mean, we're talking NBA, uh, Major League Baseball, and the NHL. The Argos have, have succeeded, and so right. has TFC, but, but this is, this is a, a world stage we're talking about here. And, and when you go to the, the building tomorrow, you're going to see the international media. This is an international show. Yeah, and I think, you know, it's, there's only two teams here. Only two teams in the whole NBA. You know, a lot of people didn't have the Raptors here. A lot of international media, a lot of American media didn't have the Raptors here. I mean, there was, we heard the narratives over the last few years of what this team could do or couldn't do. And the fact that they're here, a lot of, you know, I saw Stephen A. Smith saying that, you know, we were complete idiots. We, we underestimated this Raptors team. And I think the fact that they've been able to get here and prove everyone wrong and show what this team can do, what this franchise can do, and that this is such a strong, viable basketball market where I think, you know, 
Masai said in the press conference at Media Day this year, like, the narrative of players not wanting to come to Toronto, that's dead. Oh, yeah. But I, think, but I also think that the narrative of, like, Toronto not being a real basketball organization, that's dead, too. I think this appearance in the finals has killed that. Well, that's, I mean, you look for things that can legitimize your franchise. Certainly having star players or having regular season success is, is stage one. But there's no better way to legitimize than to get into the NBA finals, yep. be one of the last two teams, and, and the ultimate way is to win. Exactly. win the championship, but, but this is a major step forward. I just hope people can appreciate it. There's obviously a lot of concern about ticket prices and things like that, and I'm not going to crap on that, but that's, that's a league thing. There's, there's not much you could do about that. I was, again, talking before the show, that, and you know, you, if you talk about prices, obviously there would be concern, but right. I, I want to put it to you this way. If the best rock band in the world put together a tour of, of at least... Four, maybe seven dates in only two cities and didn't have the long tour to pay for right. everything, what do you think you'd pay for those tickets? Premium. Yeah. Exactly. You're right. It's like it's, it's, a, it's a condensed tour in two cities. So, And there's, there's no idea how long it goes. Yeah. So there you go. I'm buying that. Yeah. Well... Not necessarily. Buying. I'm buying what you're saying. I, I don't know if I can afford a ticket. I mean, we have had Tyson 50, 50 games to. That's right. 50 drops. <laughs> well, uh, there's. <laughs> it's my yes guy, no guy for tomorrow night. <laughs> Over under in the 50 50 winnings. Gotta, oh, be, gotta be 400K easy. Yeah. I mean, but that's also kind of part of like what's happening with the Raptors. I mean, you know, we know what the 50 50s are for Raptors games, Leafs games are not that big, but the fact that the excitement is there and it's building and everyone, all eyes, this is well, the biggest, one of the biggest, not even sports stories, biggest stories. In the country right now. It's, as I said, after they won. It's a Toronto story, but it's a breaking national story. Yeah. Because there's only one NBA team in this country. And, and they, they have, like the Blue Jays with their caravan over the years, yep. the Raptors in their preseason make sure that they hit a lot of Canadian cities and there's a lot of interest. And we the North speaks to the whole country. It doesn't even speak to just Toronto. And I think, yeah. you know, as basketball is emerging across the country and we're seeing how many, you know, I think, you know, we talk about all the Canadian players are playing in the NBA and how Vince Carter kind of inspired these kids to kind of want to be it. I think we're going to have another you know, generation where kids will watch Kawhi Leonard in this Raptors run and say they want to play basketball. Like that's going to be the final moment for them where they wanted to pick up a ball and see what they could do. And, and you would be able to speak to this as well as anybody. There have been superior basketball programs locally, not just in this city, but across this country, not just in the school system, but in, in other leagues that have formed. And this has been going on for, for decades. Yeah, I mean... This is another step in the evolution of the game in Canada. I think evolution of the game, like, from, like, I think it takes, it puts basketball on another level. I mean, we have different sports. We have different fans here. And we have a bunch of people who are getting excited about this team right now based on what's happening. I'm not going to call them bandwagoners because they're just excited about what's happening. But I think sure. this is also going to help draw them to the game. I mean, they're going to be around next year. They're going to be around the year after that. And I think that's exciting for the game. Well, the Raptors game, uh, Raptors home game, a Raptors game, whether it's here or on the road, has become an event. Uh-huh. Jurassic Park is, you know, did you see? That was, I know I was with you. We both saw it, but it was. I, I, I've never seen that I've before. Seen I that crossed Lakeshore and Bay at 5.30. Tip-off was at 8.30. And that you saw it. Yeah. There were the four deep right around all the way up Bay to front all the way over to York. I've never seen that for anything. And even during the game, it was basically from the square all the way almost to, like, the aquarium. In terms yeah. of what was happening on Bremner. It was, it was incredible. 
You could be handing out money. The lineup wouldn't be that long. And it's just going to get bigger. <laughs> this is the NBA Finals, right? So Yes, it is. We'll continue our conversation next uh, at uh, 1040. Tom Manick from the original Raptors front office will join us. Uh, later on, we have Steve Simmons stopping by, and Masai Ujiri, the team president, will speak at 1130. So we'll take that live, and then all the other Raptors will speak, and we'll, we'll t- take that right up to 1 o'clock. And then Matt Cause will join us at noon. And uh, so it's sort of an ad-lib situation with uh, the guests and, and that, uh, because it is media day right here in Toronto for the NBA Finals. You're listening to Raptors Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Raptors Shootaround, TSN 1050, Jim Taddy and Dwayne Watson here at uh, 1040. We'll be joined by Tom Manick, one of the original staffers for the Raptors at 11.15, Steve Simmons at 11.30, Masai Ujiri, as he speaks live at Media Day going on at Scotiabank Arena. And uh, then at, one, uh, sorry, at noon, Matt Cause will join us. More live stuff from the Media Center uh, activities today as they launch the NBA Finals, and Dwayne and I were talking in the break. Dwayne Watson is here with us. Uh, Dwayne, uh, we struggle with the prediction, the series yeah. prediction. Yeah, we do. We want to be right, but we want to be respectful. Yeah, I think it's tough because, I mean, the Golden State Warriors are a dynasty. They are the greatest team I've ever watched play this game, and they've you know, obviously won multiple championships. They have incredible players, and they're used to being, very used to being in this moment. So they're a team that can kind of take time off during the regular season and turn it up because they've been here enough. So I think it's going to be a challenge for the Raptors. But, I mean, you're right in terms of, like, you know, we want to say, you know, I called Raptors. I, I, I'm not going to – okay, I'm still going to sound like I'm tuning my own horn. But I, I called Raptors in the finals from the beginning of the season. And that's fine. But now it's like – but I've always said, well, if they play Golden State, I don't know. Because well, Golden State has a lot of weapons. I mean, let's be honest yeah. here. You've got two guys in the backcourt that can pop that three from anywhere. I mean, from the center line – it would be no problem. And it's just a flick of the wrist and it's in. And they all know where they are on the floor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Draymond Green is great at moving the ball. And, and, you know, Kevin Durant can score. If We don't know what's that. I mean, it doesn't sound like he's playing game one. but And they're well coached. So they have a system. They've been running it. And they're very comfortable with it. And they know they faced all kinds of adversity. The, the difference here is that we have a Raptors team who has never been here before but has, as we said, the best player in the playoffs. And have come from behind in all, all, season, all series that they've played, as we've done here on TSN 1050. And you never know. No, there, there's, a, there's a lot there. That's why I said you want to be respectful because right. we have seen the fiber of this team. Twice it's won four straight in a playoff series, which is not easily done. Uh, they picked themselves off the mat. Uh, they, the, you know, the, the specific guys that I talked about earlier, the ads from last year, yep. have specific roles. And with the game and the series on the line, they deliver. And, and so they will be backed into a corner. There's no question about that. I, I think we're fascinated to see how they come out of it. Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, if this team plays at its optimal strength where everyone is contributing, like we haven't seen Danny Green shoot well. That's not a secret, obviously. But, I mean, if, if they're playing at the best of their abilities, you know, at the same time, which obviously is a bit of magical moment, but that's what the playoffs are all about, um, there's definitely a chance. I think the thing is they ought to be playing at their best. And there, there is an opportunity for, like, you know, someone to play bad and someone on the bench to step up. They've got to be playing their best game to be the best team. Uh, by the way, we have game one tomorrow night on TSN 1050. The pregame show starts at 7. The tip is at 9, so two hours of pregame. Who's hosting that, by the way? Uh, well, I am, and so are you. Oh, so. okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> we're, we're, we're both there. <laughs> we won't be in the same booth, I was told that. Oh, really? We're down in the front row. Oh, okay, we're not high above our perch? We are, we're high above the perch. But, the fr- but, oh, in the lower lo- got it. Yeah, but not courtside. We are in the, the working media area. Hey, something to aspire to, right? Well, I don't mind. I, as I said to Phil, as long as the mic works, I don't care where hey, I am. Hey, we can see the game. We're good to go. That's right. I'm not going to complain about that assignment. That's for sure. Um, so, I guess, that you know, and we'll talk about 
about this again. It'll be part of Yes Guy, No Guy tomorrow night, which will make its NBA Finals Whoa. debut. Return. No, no. no. Oh, yeah. So it's, never and, been, it's never been in the NBA Finals. That's right. It's, it's, yes Guy, No Guy's been a lot of places, but never in the NBA Finals. i got to get my legal that. waivers all written so there you know, nobody rips us off. Uh, but having said that, I will ask you this again tomorrow night. But I have to ask you now, how do you defend? How do you upset? <laughs> That's not well, a yes guy, no guy question, obviously. <laughs> those, no, well, no, I'll put it in yes guy, no guy form. But right. how do you stop that three game? Because it is stunningly efficient. I mean, it's a, yeah. I'm not kidding. Like, it, there's no negotiation on the shot. It's off the back of the rim and in. Yeah, the toughest thing is that, like Steph Curry specifically, has such a quick release and he, he can and will shoot it from anywhere on the floor. There isn't a, a bad shot, as you use my air quotes in my hand. But I think um, you just have to put pressure on these guys all the time. I but, mean, but if you do that, what does it open up? Because that, there's always a, a yin yang. But this. you know what? It's like, I think, you know, the, the basketball adage is that you want to take you, a three is better than a two. So if, if you're denying them the three point shot, you can live with a two. Right. right. I mean, that's it's lesser of evils, but I think, you know, whether it's picking them up full court, you know, sticking them like Lou, fighting over the screens, not letting them get that opening for that shot. I mean, obviously, if you're overplaying the three, it does open up the inside. But, you know, you don't want those guys to get hot from three because then it's then it's ball game's over. Well, and, and one of the counters is you get hot with your threes. Right. Yeah. But I mean, if you stop some of theirs and you start getting more. Agreed. Agreed. But one thing we could speak to for the Raptors of playoffs is their defense has been sound. We've oh, seen different schemes, seen different work. And I think you can kind of rest your hat on that. Uh, definitely on the defense over the three point shooting consistency. Unless, of course, you're Kyle Lowry who's shooting lights out in the playoffs. That, the, you know, the defense is uh, something that I've, I haven't seen the Raptors do before. Uh, with the game in the series on the line, certainly against Milwaukee, where they would box them out. And you see the shot clock, the shot clock violations. Yeah, um, unbelievable. Yeah, they were shutting them down. I think you know, contesting, closing out shots, rotating and switching, and they had to be very active with Giannis, where they were throwing double teams to them and trying to get back to the guys. And they did solid work. I think the the, the team system that they had, they implemented. Everyone brought in, and like, you know, as you heard, they formed that wall. And I think it's going to be a different type of opponent. I think with the Warriors, obviously, and what they bring and the versatility that they have. But um, that's their calling card. There's several things that, you know, when you do the post game and you hear what people say, several things sort of echo. And, and the one for me is Marcus All after the Sixers victory and how they were still forming their chemistry because he hadn't been there long. And, right. and those type of situations, it's not a regular season situation. So they were sort of figuring each other out. And, and as we saw in the Milwaukee series, it went to the next level. And you wonder how many rooms are left at the inn. Like, but, is there another level? And that's the thing, though. I think that's what's, what's positive because, you know, even like Marcus saw in the Milwaukee series where he played poorly and called himself out and then brought it again. And I think we've seen this team kind of keep rising to the occasion in each series and in each obstacle that's in front of them. And this is going to be another big obstacle in front of the Warriors. And I think... You know, we talk about these guys, the veteran players who've been there before, and, you know, don't shy away from the moment and the ability of this team to kind of respond to pressure and not fold. So that's why I think there's an air of optimism in terms of what they can do because they have been challenged a number of times and they always seem to bounce back. You know what I absolutely love? I was just thinking about this. I was sort of uh, forwarding to tomorrow night when we're at Scotiabank Arena and looking down, and, and, and then the realization will hit you that this yeah. is the NBA Finals yeah. and it's in Toronto. What I really love about the NBA is the tip time, 9 o'clock. So really? top of the hour. Okay. Yeah, I just like because the, oh, ho- the hockey right. thing always uh, 10, 12, 15, Fluctuates. whatever. It, exactly. it always drifts off. And I just, I really like that top of the hour. Boop, there it is. Yeah. Here's the game. Enjoy. Let's and, go. And, yeah. And, and it just moves along in an orderly fashion, except for the last two minutes, of course. Never. <laughs> or three <laughs> no, minutes. The last, the last you know, 15 seconds. On, on you the know last one thing game. I do miss, though, when they used to do, they used to put the NBA Finals logo on the court, right? All oh, right. And, but they don't do that anymore. They've stopped, I think, because it's. 
players can slip on or something whatnot. I don't know what the case is, but kind of that's like seeing the floor. Glossy paint. Yeah, but seeing the floor and seeing that logo, like that would totally galvanize it. Like, you know, the Raptors are here, and I mean, we know they've arrived. But so this, they won't put any markings on that floor? Um, there they must have be something. It, they're probably going to do something while... Must be a championship logo. Yeah. I, I, I can't remember. I think they stopped doing it for some reason, but it would only make sense. I mean, that's... Prime real estate, as we know, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. But but if you're, but they if do, it's not they part do of the original the, floor. On the uniforms, they do. They get yeah, a badge. So if, I mean, but you, you know, your point made. If it's not part of the original floor, it's it's um, some sort of a sticker. Right. That, that's slippery. I mean, hey, it's 2019. I'm sure they can figure it out. But you're right. I think yeah. be, matte finish. Go with the matte finish. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, the, the finals are in Toronto. I mean, the Raptors have, have you know 20 you know on the cusp of their 25th anniversary are playing in the NBA Finals for a chance to win it all, and I think that's. Wouldn't you have loved to have been in the NBA front office when, when somebody determined that the, the sticker was slippery? <laughs> because two days before, the guy was a genius, right? Oh, oh look at the money. Look at the branding. Make. Exactly. <laughs> and all of a sudden, oh, groin pull. But I don't remember. That's the thing. I read that, but I don't ever recall seeing someone like, oh, that might be a problem. We saw, remember the Milwaukee game like two, like a few seasons ago where everyone was slipping on the floor because they just got a new floor? Yeah. Um, but I don't recall anyone slipping on the final. I, I can tell you for the Grey Cup, when they put some of those logos on the, on the field, they right. are slippery. Right. I could be wrong, but we'll know tomorrow, right? Yes, we will. They oh, look at that. Slipped, he slipped on, slipped on the sticker. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be blaming me for that one. That's right. Yeah. Dwayne Watson's fault. And here's his email. <laughs> ah, it's just going to be exciting. I can't wait for that to start. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting on a, any, on a normal day in Scotiabank Arena in the playoffs. But, you know, to know it's the NBA Finals. And, I mean, there's going to be, like, a lot of pomp and circumstance, a lot of you know, media people, a lot of attention, a lot of celebrities, all that, everything that comes with it. And I think, you know, you're also going to have other players who, you know, who in the NBA who are going to be there to want to see it, of course. So it's going to be... A th- that's right. And, and that's, I mean, the, the NBA family is there. Exactly. And what better city? I mean, Toronto was the city to showcase itself to the league. I mean, we've had the All-Star game, so we're not showcasing, but just being a host. Warm weather showcase. The, the All-Star game was a little cool. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and they made note of that. Yeah, yeah, it's a little cool up here. Nice town. A little cool. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah it's going to be great. Have you got your pass yet? Uh, no, they just opened up at 9 o'clock today. Oh, so I'm, so I'm going down after this. Are you? Want me to get yours? No, you can't. <laughs> You're right. I cannot. You're right. Yeah. And, and you know the rules about the pass. Yes, no photos. Yes. That's interesting, isn't it? Well, I think, you know, it's with technology, you can easily try and, like, you know, manipulate yeah. stuff. So, sure. Um, yeah, but there's going to be so much media in town, too. Like you mentioned, the international media, it's going to be crazy. Well, people forget that. This is, in, I mean, all, all the league championships are international, They're, they go all around the world. But the NBA, uh, more so than, than some of the other sports, there are basketball countries all over the world where, where this game is big, and they are, they're really right into the NBA Finals. Yeah, and you look at it, I think, like, you know, the Warriors are great, and they've been great, but, you know, you kind of get tired of the team that's always winning. Right? Well, so does that figure into your prediction? Are you, are you looking, is this the year no, where they I'm, don't have I'm, it? No, I'm talking, no, no, but I'm talking from, like, a fan perspective, right? I think, like... Well, yeah, but, a, but I mean, it's a dynasty. You have to have somebody who sets the standard. No, I agree with you, but I think as basketball NBA fans, you're like, okay, hey, the Warriors are great, but, like, let's see someone else. You know, that whole underdog mentality, Well, right? that's, that's the world we live in now. Exactly. Yeah, we so. did, been there, done that, but so that what's next? Bodes well for the Raptors. Well, I, I, you know. I guess maybe the ultimate question would be going forward, regardless of what happens in this final... Will there ever be a team like the Warriors with that kind of top-end talent? I mean, the numbers there are not one or two guys. Yeah, and I think the best thing about it, of course, Kevin Durant got added to it, but they drafted Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Like, those, like they built this team. It wasn't a super team situation where it's like, hey, we're all going to play together. So they cultivated like a lot of the players that they've got there, so it's not just like, 
oh, okay, we'll just, you know, big three, this team up. And that's, that's why it's special. And you're right. I don't know if we're going to see a team assemble like that ever again. Well, in the past, it was one or two or, yeah. or LeBron. This, yeah. is, this is a different take on, on all of that. And so, you know, generally leagues uh, form the copycat society. So if they can do it, somebody tries to, I, I don't know that anybody's well, even on this page. I think the copycat is where everyone, the three ball, where everyone just started saying, hey, we're going to get guys who can shoot the ball. And that's, that's going to be the model. And I mean, what, the, which is remarkable when you realize how long the, the, the three ball was in play. Right. And nobody ever bothered to develop that. I think the problem is the why words are so different is because they have these guys who can shoot it so exceptionally well. And that's the key. Well, right? sure. Yeah. Oh, Every, why can we do that? Yeah, exactly. I know, but, yeah. I know, but it was there. I'm not as good as, as these guys for some reason. <laughs> it was there for decades. Exactly. And nobody exploited it. Yeah. But the three is greater than the two, and you have guys who can knock it down, and that's the key. Draymond Green will be an interesting study, won't he? Yeah, he will be. I mean, I love how they asked Pascal Siakam about Draymond Green. He's like, I don't want to be the next Draymond Green. I want to be the new Pascal Siakam. And I don't think oh. he wasn't doing it to slight Draymond Green. No, no, Green. but that's, that's but the that's, perfect answer. Exactly. Um, but Draymond Green is kind of matured in his game i think this team has also shown that they want to they've won without kevin durant and then with the narratives like oh kevin durant's the best player on this team so they want to also show that they can win their kevin durant as well and i think he's played better with kevin durant in the lineup just in terms of knowing he has to carry that load and i think his playmaking his defense his shooting i think it's going to be an interesting match there's going to be a, a number of interesting matchups on the floor tomorrow night then we expect cousins will be back in and og is uh, what three games away still for yeah, the raptors OG, yeah and i mean cousins i think i like cousins coming back because it keeps bigs on the floor for the raptors and gasol and abaca but i don't think he hasn't even played in a while i'm concerned about his conditioning his rhythm so that's that's a plus for the raptors Dwayne, it was great to have you on uh, for our first show thanks very much thanks and, for having me on the maiden voyage it was uh, always always a pleasure to work with you and we'll see you tomorrow night i almost said yes guy but i don't want to get sued so but yeah, yeah. looking forward to tomorrow <laughs> night jimmer yeah whatever guy <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next, Tom Manick from the original Raptors front office. You're listening to Raptors Shootaround, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the TSN and iHeartRadio apps. Well, that deserves a yes guy. Raptors Shootaround continues, TSN 1050. Jim Taddy with you until 1. Leafs lunch preempted today because of media day at Scotiabank Arena for the NBA Finals. And we'll have Masai Ujiri, the president of the Raptors, on at 11.30 live as he speaks and opens the proceedings up. And uh, obviously Golden State against the Raptors and the Raptors with home court, which is a real treat. Now let's go back to the beginning. Tom Manick is the editor and the guru of the sport market, which airs on TSN 1050 every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. And an original Raptors employee. And many of us first met Tom in conversations about the Raptors franchise and removal of the NBA from ProLine and, and have continued the professional relationship all these years later and is with us now. Tom, welcome. How are you today? I am not at all an NBA finalist. Yes, guy, I'm not that at all. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's quite a trip when you think of it. And it was fun certainly to be in the building as they got anointed the Eastern Conference champions in advance to the NBA final. But uh, much like the Blue Jays story years ago, uh, as you reach the pinnacle, you, you can't help but recall all the steps along the way. And you were there at the start. What, what were your feelings as you saw that happen? Well, you know, I have to admit that, uh, you know, I was quite emotional, uh, you know, very, very happy for the franchise, uh, you know, happy for Masai Ujiri, given what he's brought to the table, I think, in making this all possible, and certainly very happy for the sport of basketball. I really believe what we've seen happen these past three weeks, including the quadruple bounce series clinching buzzer beater by Kawhi Leonard at Scotiabank Arena, uh, it, it represents a tipping point for the growth of the game of basketball here in in Canada, and in in a way that is very similar 
to what the Toronto Blue Jays did in 1992 and 1993. Now, I do believe to make it complete, to, you know, build the Raptors brand from a strong regional brand to a national brand, they have to do what the, uh, what, what the Blue Jays did in 92 and 93, and that is win. And that will convert a lot of casual sports fans into Raptors fans, and I think it will only make the, uh, you know, the proposition that much better. What it also did, Jim, is it did bring back a lot of memories. And it's been hard not to be nostalgic just given the, you know, the 25-year anniversaries of this, this past month, uh, May 15th, uh, the 25th anniversary of the launch of the Raptors name and brand and logo at uh, uh, Ontario Place, of all places, on a CTV-produced national special that, uh, you know, introduced the, the new look of the NBA here in Canada. And then just last week, the 25th anniversary of the hiring and appointment of Isaiah Thomas as the team's first general manager. And uh, to this day, I, I still smile when I see the, uh, the use of that video of Isaiah breaking through the Raptors logo. <laughs> that was at the back room at Gretzky's restaurant in Toronto all these years ago. I mean, in a lot of respects, very simple beginnings. Um, when you go back to uh, all that stuff, and, and obviously the, the Blue Jays were, were vibrant and, and at, at the top of their game at that point, I mean, it, it seemed to sort of flow out of, out of the Blue Jays' success, didn't it? You know, it, it's so interesting you say that because it was a really special time in, in Toronto sports history. And just because, from a sport business point of view, you know, Toronto's you know, by far the largest media market in the country, it, it became a very important time for, for sport in this country. If you think not only the back-to-back World Series championships in 92 and 93, but the Toronto Maple Leafs yep. were on quite a run, you know, in those early 1990s as well, uh, making it to the conference finals, uh, uh, you know, being a, a really strong uh, uh, Stanley Cup contender. They never made it to the Stanley Cup final. Of course, that's still on the docket for this current uh, batch of Leafs. But, you know, it was sort of all boats rising. It also represented, Jim, uh, the birth of uh, sports talk uh, radio that now all these years later, you know, has not one but two uh, sports talk radio options. And there's a lot of people who back in 1994, around the launch of the Raptors, they would have said, hey, two things for sure. One, Sports talk radio will not survive in, in, uh, uh, in this country. There's just not enough uh, uh, content. Of course, uh, those skeptics were proven wrong. And then there was a whole batch of skeptics that said, hey, good luck with this. There's no way professional basketball, there's no way NBA basketball is sustainable in Canada. And i got to tell you something. Uh, the Raptors, of course, are only beginning to prove how wrong that is. They're the, already the 11th, 12th biggest business in the NBA, the fourth most attended team in the league. And I, as I said, I really believe what happens in, in, uh, in Toronto and uh, Oakland over these next couple of weeks will go a long way to consolidating an even, an even greater position in, this, in the national sports landscape. Well, I mean, you open a lot of doors, as, as you do when we have conversations, and, and one of them is uh, that'll never work. I can remember doing a half-hour sports show where people said, who needs a half-hour? And I said, oh, yeah, watch. And, and, yeah. and networks networks grew out of that half-hour show. So, I mean, it, it only get, there's only more. It never recedes in terms of interest. Uh, what I really like is there's two angles to this story that absolutely fascinate me, and, and the, the, the hardcore one is what you do when you get competitive and you can win a division championship and, and 
and and stumble in the playoffs, but you've drafted well. And so when you look at the, the decisions that were made in the last um, nine months over where to take this thing, these are tough decisions. Uh, they're not to be taken personally by the players and coaching staff that are moved up because we all understand these are NBA quality people. It's just not the right fit. You don't get general managers in front offices that make those calls all the time and those that don't recede and, and then eventually get replaced. That's the one angle. Uh, the other angle is that hidden story called basketball in Canada that has been there for decades, and I'm not talking 20 years, I'm 50, 60, 70 years, you can go back, it was always there, but always sort of hidden, and now it's got a, a centerpiece. I mean, it did when Vince Carter was around, but now it's, I mean, it, there's just no denying it. Uh, I don't think there's any denying, and I think it's really important that you bring up Vince Carter, because what we're seeing is not only Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster fashioning a uh, NBA Finals contender out of the Toronto Raptors. And make no mistake, they earned that designation because they're one of two teams left standing in the first ever uh, international NBA Finals in, in, in the league's history. But it's another big deal simply because of what it means for the sport of basketball, to your point. Uh, I, I really just can't say enough about how many things are all coming together at the same time. Not only the rise of the Raptors, not only a heightened popularity for NBA basketball in general, uh, not only the fact that the Raptors now have their own farm team in the G League team, the Gatorade League team, the you know Raptors 905. You've had each of the past five years an average of 90 Canadians playing Division One NCAA basketball. That's a remarkable statistic. You know, 10, 15 years ago, uh, you know, people would have said there's no way there'll be that many Canadians playing NCAA top tier basketball, and there certainly will never be double digits Canadians in the NBA. Well, now we're I think we're at 13 and counting, and we're going to add another one this summer. So you add all those things up, and you you consider how much more international uh, Canada, Toronto has become it and Canada has become uh, it, it's just the perfect you know, coming out party for the NBA uh, it, it, it won't for at least a couple of generations in my opinion replace hockey as the sport that's in our DNA but there's no sport that is growing faster thanks in large part to the Raptors rise than NBA basketball and again, another thing out of what you said there was the development, the player development that the Raptors have exhibited over the last four or five years is a book. And, and the ripple effect is uh, for lower leagues like the CEBL that was just formed, and, and it, it ties into, uh, it can tie into Basketball Canada, it can make university sports more relevant. Uh, it, I mean, this is a win-win-win story, isn't it? It is a win-win-win story, and it's interesting. I'm listening to you there, Jim, and, and you know, in your uh, inimitable yes-guy fashion, <laughs> you opened a lot of doors for me because, you know, there's two sides to success in the business of sport and, quite frankly, in the business of business and the business of life, and that is, number one, the substance. Then you take the substance and you provided an opportunity through marketing. You add those two things together, you have success. Now, it's only been in recent years where the Raptors have had sustainable competitive success, and that's all on Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster at the front office, and now uh, head coach uh, Nick Nurse, uh, before him, Dwayne Casey. Uh, they made 
they have made the Raptors very competitive, uh, you know, both in the Eastern Conference, of course, now in 2019 with the, the gambit acquisition of Kawhi Leonard, uh, you know, being NBA Finals contenders. But back in the day, 25 years ago, it wasn't about being competitive. Uh, you know, my time with the franchise in those early, uh, you know, months and, and, and first year and a half was all about the marketing, uh, the development of a, an out-of-the-box uh, name in the Raptors, the, uh, the, the thought that went into the positioning of the team and, and you know, uh, uh, the out-of-this-world Raptors dinosaur back in the day. It was all marketing 25 years ago. Now, the marketing is still very, very effective and, of course, has been rebranded with uh, input from Drake and launched by uh, Tim Laiwiki, uh, you know, a few years ago. But now you combine the marketing sex appeal of the NBA and, and Raptors basketball with the fact that they're a winning team. That is a very uh, compelling one-two punch. Well, and now we have a sample size of 25 years to look back and understand that the, the Raptors' name and the original mascot and, and all of that marketing was pretty darn good, wasn't it? <laughs> well, you know, I, I definitely, I definitely smile because I do think it was innovative, and you got to give credit to original co-majority uh, owner John Bitov because he did approach this um, uh, like launching a new product, launching a new brand, and and wanting to make a statement. And certainly, uh, if you look at the Raptors name. Uh, you know, back in the day, a lot of people were trying to get their head around it. You had baby boomers thinking, oh, you mean like raptor like hawk or eagle? And we said, no, uh, raptor like dinosaur. And there's no question there was a purposeful effort to appeal to the next generation of Canadian sports fans, i.e., the kids. And even John Bitov. Uh, his, his son, JJ, was among those who uh, really captured the essence of what we tried to do back in the day, and that is be different, uh, attract attention that way. NBA philosophy is all about that, is you don't market to the average fan, you market to the young fan, you market to the 12-year-old to 18-year-olds, because if you do get them, you not only get that you know, fan base building next generation, you get young thinking fans of all ages. And that's what you see courtside and in the lower bowl and the upper bowl at Scotiabank Arena in 2019. Well, now that you mapped that out, I mean, if you put a, a marketing plan in front of somebody today and you're not going after the lower end of the demographic, you're not in business. You're absolutely right because you're not going to, you know, replace it with anything. And 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 I will and I will I will say this. I mean, it's just like the Blue Jays. When the Blue Jays were first named, you know, it got a very mixed reaction from the marketplace. Jim, you remember that. Yeah. But now you can't imagine the the Jays being called anything else. It's the same as the Toronto Raptors. When we launched that name, again, mixed reaction. Not at the merchandising turnstiles because a lot of product was moved in Toronto, across Canada, and in the world, in the basketball world. But you 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 look at the um, uh, the, the what came out of the approach that we took, uh, and and it was not just the name for the Raptors, but we were working with NBA properties that spring of 1994 before the. FIBA World Championship of Basketball was held at the then Skydome. And we, we had shortlisted Raptors, Bobcats, Dragons, Grizzlies, and 
Toronto Rex, T-Rex, those were pretty well the, the, the sort of five uh, top names. All of them animal names, uh, all of them sort of cartoonish, meant to appeal to uh, to kids. Well, out of that process with NBA properties back in 1994, not only did the league get Raptors, but certainly the, the Toronto Grizzlies prototype was then applied to Vancouver. It became the Vancouver Grizzlies name. We know that the expansion Charlotte franchise was known as the Charlotte Bobcats. Of course, they've reverted back to their original Hornets name now, but the Bobcats uh, logo depiction was based on what we did 25 years ago. And then, of course, the New Jersey Nets, now the Brooklyn Nets, they almost became the New Jersey Swamp Dragons using essentially the graphic prototype that we had developed for the Toronto Dragons. So not only did we get the Toronto team named out of it all, uh, there were three or four other applications. That's sort of some insight in terms of the way that NBA Properties cooperates with each of its teams in developing those brands, developing that marketing, developing that, uh, that merchandising and licensing. You know, i got to say, it's, it's probably a stupid thing to say, but I always like Raptors because it has T-O-R in it, the first three letters of Toronto. You know, it's as if I'm talking to John Bitto because there's many times where John was sitting behind his desk and I was in his office uh, way back in the day when we were staff of him as the uh, the governor uh, and and myself as the first executive uh, executive employee, and he said exactly that. And of course, I I was all over it. And and it's interesting you you say that because the other name that had a lot of internal discussion was. Uh, the tr- uh, T-Rex, uh, the, the Toronto Rex. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that if we didn't go down the path of Raptors, we probably would have gone down the path of, of, of T-Rex or Toronto Rex or, you know, and I'm saying this with a smile on my face, Tyrannosaurus Rex, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> the dinosaur thing, yeah. again, fit John's vision of appealing, uh, you know, uh, appealing to kids. I think the difference was uh, Raptors, pack animals, T-Rex, solitary animals, well, there was obviously one dinosaur that fit the bill in the team sport, and that was the raptors. Tom, love to get you on on Friday talking about the business angle of all this. Would, would love to do that, and I know it's an exciting few days. Uh, however, I can support and help and uh, uh, not only uh, reflect backwards, but project forwards in terms of the sport business impact of that. More than happy to do it, Jim. Thanks very much, Tom. Appreciate it. All the best. Have a great day. You too. That's Tom Maynick from the Sport Market. Airs every Saturday morning on TSN 1050 at 10 a.m. This is Raptors Shootaround. TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the TSN and iHeartRadio apps.